Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thanks so much for joining us today here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner. And myself, my name is Chris Vaughn. Really do appreciate you spending part of the day with us today. Here's how you reach out, 419-794-3030. That's the phone number, 419-794-3030. You can always find them online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. On today's show, can an annuity help you recession-proof your retirement? Another big tennis star retires. Find out how he plans to spend his new free time in what kind of customer service do you expect from the manager of your financial plan? All this and more. But first, I got to check in with the guys. Scott is not with us this week, but I do have, I guess, the fabulous Baker boys. Uh, no relation, though. Jeremy Baker and Nolan Baker. Uh, so, guys, glad to be with you. How are you today? Doing good. Yeah, we do have the Baker boys in today. So we got, uh, you know, some great information. Uh, we actually just finished up our economic summit that we had. It's our semi-annual review where we give kind of our outlook on the markets. Uh, super exciting because Jeremy and I are both big hockey guys. Uh, my youngest son is still in uh, travel, getting ready for high school hockey season uh, when it starts back up. But we had uh, two of the players from the Toledo Walleyes come and join us. And we were talking about, does the best offense or defense win games? And, you know, today during the show, we're going to be talking quite a bit about what should you do during a market crash. And, you know, the question of offense, defense, it uh, it can make a big difference in really how do you respond right now? And, you know, can you stay in the game to win? So if you're a Walleyes fan, if you missed that interview, uh, we do have our interview up on our YouTube channel. If you buzz over to, again, a America's Retirement Headquarters on YouTube. You can see the interview that we did uh, just recently with Brandon Hawkins, get his feedback and uh, get a little bit more talk about how we're doing. But uh, Jeremy, I know you're also uh, hosting some families and you're doing the uh, Toledo Cherokee, which is, of course, home to me. That's where my son's playing double uh, A travel right now. Uh, how's things going? It, uh, really well. In fact, uh, I have a goalie living with me. Mm-hmm. So you, you might he might argue that goaltending wins championships, not <laughs> offense or defense, but I guess that'd be sort of the defensive end as well. But uh, yeah, they started their season. They kicked it off actually two weeks ago. They had a home opener at the Ice House there in Toledo, and they had their first uh, road games this weekend. So they they went one and one. So they're two and one overall on the season. And uh, other than um, trying to keep my fridge full with three teenagers <laughs> now. <laughs> it's uh that's a bit of a challenge but everything's going great i'm uh i'm looking forward to i'm actually kind of dreading the teenage days my son's only six and, and he eats more than i do most nights but i can only imagine with three teenagers bless you guys i'm going to play the devil's advocate here and say it's not really offense or defense you really want a good combination there uh and and, and not too right to, that's my very diplomatic switzerland approach um but let's talk about this here i don't know if you guys had a chance to see the incredible video of nasa's dart spacecraft uh, deliberately crashing into an asteroid Looks to me like we're headed straight in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. We got it? And we have impact. A time for humanity in the name of planetary defense. Uh, The whole plan is they're hoping to develop a way to ward off an asteroid in the future if it threatens to strike Earth a little bit of a, I guess, life-imitating art. Uh, I couldn't help but compare this to a retirement plan experiencing the stock market crash. What kind of measures do you guys take to lessen the impact of those? Well, I mean, it really does get scary when you have markets like there right now and, you know, what you should do during a crash. It can make a big difference whether you're somebody that's close to or in retirement time versus somebody who's uh, quite a bit younger and maybe starting to save and invest. And, you know, really for those people that are starting to save and invest early on in their career, um, I tell my kids, you know, they both have a 401k and I tell them, don't worry about it. Just continue what you're doing is you're acquiring shares. And then, you know, if the market's down, it may not feel good on your statements, but you continue to acquire more and more shares. So as you get older in life and those shares come back in price, like the markets have shown that they do over time, uh, you'll have more shares and that'll help with the recovery. Now, when you get closer to retirement time, you really don't have the luxury to make up for mistakes. And that's why, you know, over the years, we've trademarked the system called the independent income system. So, 
Let me give you a couple of different things that you should be doing right now with the market crash. There's absolutely different threats that you need to be careful about, as well as there's opportunities. So, you know, in the short term, the, the threat is, is this market downturn over? And, you know, that's the million dollar question. And I'm sure everybody's willing to give you their advice. But at the end of the day, the market doesn't really care what somebody's opinion is. The market's going to do what the market's going to do. So short term, what we see is risk is continued elevated. So if we look at things on a technical basis, technically short term, the market uh, is, is still a bit dangerous and risky. And so for those folks that are close to or in retirement time and are pulling money off of their investment accounts, you know, by selling money in a declining market, you could be accelerating the risk of outliving your money. You may want to consider how you're looking at, you know, taking distributions. Uh, Jeremy, at the same time, you know, we have kind of a double whammy effect. Usually you think if you're in stocks, uh, you put your bonds in there and they'll help offset each other. But what we've seen this year happen is that traditional 60-40 asset allocation approach has had some of the worst years ever because not only are stocks bound, bonds are down now too because of interest rate risk. So wouldn't you agree that like in the bond market with rising interest rates, that's another big threat that we've seen for a lot of the people that are in retirement time? Absolutely. It's uh, It looks like almost like one of those situations where there's, you know, quote unquote, no place to hide. There's no place to put safe money other than cash, which then you're running the risk of inflationary pressures, which uh, obviously are quite large right now. But yeah, you're right on the 60-40 mix. And then the other thing, you know, you talked about dollar cost averaging in and, you know, when you look at people taking distributions, you kind of want a dollar cost average out. But of course, it's a little bit more difficult when you're trying to sell things that are at a low, whether it be bonds or stocks. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be selling in a declining market. So the, again, the philosophy, if you haven't seen it, just Google independent income system. You can kind of watch that uh, video. Now, Jeremy, you brought up another threat that I think a lot of retirees you know, didn't have to think much about until this year, which is the threat of inflation. So when they're looking at building out plans, a lot of times people will use this golden rule of thumb, like I can take a 4% withdrawal rate, but what they forget to factor into it oftentimes is the impact that inflation will have. And so unless you're looking to buy like electronics or TVs, the cost of living has dramatically gone up. You know, you think about people that are in retirement time, you've got healthcare costs going up. You've got uh, food, energy, the prices are having a big impact. So when you're looking at your plan, don't forget about the threat of uh, having things inside of there that can help you fight off inflation. There are certain types of investment vehicles that can provide inflation adjusted type income. You know, Social Security is one example. Uh, there's also things like annuities. That's another example. Uh, when you're looking at your money for the long term and you're looking at money in the market, one of the things that we typically talk about is what type of methodology that you have. So there is a methodology of long-term investing. You can be more successful with a growth-oriented type strategy in the stock market. At the same time, within the stock market, you may want to incorporate what we would refer to as circuit breakers. You know, so in a couple of our strategies that we have, what we have is we have circuit breakers. And that means when the markets technically turn negative, what we do is we look to reduce the risk overall and go more defensive and reducing equities. It's kind of like uh, driving a car, you know? So if you're driving a car and you're in a target date fund or you're in an investment strategy, you know, throughout any given quarter or any given year, it's like you're setting your miles per hour at, uh, you know, whatever that speed limit is, let's just say it's 70 miles an hour. And going 70 miles an hour, it, it may be fine as long as it's sunny outside and you're on the turnpike or 475. But, you know, as you know, when you get in subdivisions or you get off the main expressway, going 70 miles an hour uh, is not always the best way to do it. So using circuit breakers is a way to kind of slow things down. And so as risk gets elevated, maybe you bring your risk level down to maybe like a 35. Something that has also become very popular over the last couple of years, Jeremy, is what is called protected equities. Uh, protected equities are a, a strategy within the market that allow you to participate up into a certain capped 
opportunity on an underlying investment. It can provide you know 15 to 25 percent downside risk. So if you want to be in a situation like when we were talking with the the players from the walleyes, you know what they talked about is you never give up, right? Mm -hmm. You lose when you give up. You have to stay in the game. So if you're looking to stay in the game, but you're worried about maybe this downturn in the market could get worse, and it it absolutely could then the strategy of protected equities could make a lot of sense for you because, again, what it does is it allows you to participate if and when the market comes back over a set time frame, but then allows you to offset or reduce or eliminate the losses when the downturn in the market happens. The last thing I'd say, and then I'd chime back in and ask your opinion, Jeremy, is when you're looking at things for the long term, I think this is one of the greatest buying opportunities out there that we've seen. Uh, of course, we saw the flash crash that happened back in the early 2000s, but it could be another great opportunity for long-term investors to get some substantial discounts. And again, if you think about the concept of investing, you buy low, you sell high. This market's creating a lot of opportunities. What do you think, Jeremy? I think I think that's true. Um, some of the things we look at, and we covered a lot of different topics, when we look at our independent income system, what that does is carp compartmentalizes your money into, you know, immediate needs, money that you need for immediate the next year. Um, it also looks at using one to three years, three to five, and then, you know, that that kind of five to 10 bucket that you mentioned is for long-term growth to take advantage of these opportunities like this. There's a lot of millionaires that get made in markets like this because of the buying opportunities. The other thing I would, I would like to reiterate is that 75 miles an hour, you think, why wouldn't I want to go 75? And I know I'm sort of new to Ohio and driving down some of these side streets. And once in a while, you'll see these speed bumps that just come along. And it's like, you almost have to do 20 to 15 miles an hour. Otherwise, you're going to bottom out or, you know, do the old Dukes of Hazard where your car is going to be flying through the air. So, you know, from an investor's standpoint, you do want to have that ability to adjust your risk and take advantage of the circuit breakers and tone it down. Because if you think about going 75 miles an hour, if something happens, there could be a fatality. And we don't want to have that definitely in our in our investment. Um, the protected equities, great strategy. Um, it has a, a bit of a buffer. And then there's that, uh, depending on the strategy you use, you can definitely participate in the upswings, which eventually will come back. I mean, they're, they're, the day will come when the market comes back. We'll look back at this kind of period of time and think about, oh, we've been here before. The market's back to where it should be. People are seeing double-digit returns. And then it'll it'll look like this is just another something that we've gone through before. As they say, you know, history doesn't uh, repeat itself, but or those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat themselves, but it doesn't necessarily repeat itself. It, it certainly does rhyme. We've seen market fluctuations before, but we were all younger, uh, you know, uh, if they're saying older and wiser is the case than younger and I don't want to say, you know, dumber, but uh, we at least had longer time on our, our side before we needed to retire. But at the same time, as you enter into retirement, there is still money in that 20, 30 year retirement that you're not going to be touching for 10, 15, 20 years. You can still think of uh, your investments in the long term in those regards, but you don't want all of your money tied to the market. You don't want all of your money out of the market. It's finding that right blend, having that that combination of offense and defense when it comes to your retirement. Go ahead and go online. Take a look at the independent income system. Just Google it. It'll pop right up. It's the first result there. Uh, and then go ahead and schedule a time to speak with America's retirement headquarters, figure out the right strategy that's going to work for you. And of course, it's going to vary from person to person. There's no cookie cutter approach when you come into the office at America's retirement headquarters. Give a call 419-794-3030. Find out how to put together a plan for you that's going to get you through whatever may come down the line over the 20, 30 years in your retirement. 419-794-3030. You can also schedule a time online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Speaking of bucking tradition, as we talked about a little earlier, there was an article on Bloomberg that said there are some financial planning rules that, well, people need to give up on. The list includes the 60-40 portfolio mix of stocks to bonds. The article said that uh, you should have two to five years of expenses in fixed income so you don't have to sell stocks in a down market, thereby, you know, compounding those losses. And they go on to say the rest of your money should actually be in stocks. What are your thoughts on this uh, methodology? Do you agree with it? 
I really agree that that is, you know, uh, area to take a look at. And I think that's an area that most investors are really not paying attention to. So again, if we look at a 60, 40 portfolio mix of stocks to bonds, you know, what that philosophy was is you put a certain amount of money in stocks and then a certain amount of money in bonds. In this example, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. So as an investor got older and closer to retirement time, what happens is the allocation may change, meaning that the stock percentage may come down, the bond percentage would go up. Bonds are generally perceived to be less risky than stocks. Uh, here's where in this environment today where it's a challenge. First of all, you have an environment that both stocks and bonds are going down. Now, at some point in the future, the markets will correct themselves or in, in a couple of years from now, things might work and 60, 40 might be something to revisit. But right now what you have is you have interest rate risk with bonds as interest rates go up, we're seeing bond prices for the most part go down. And then the stock markets become under pressure because of the uncertainty with inflation, the markets, the economy. It puts a retiree in a tough spot because it's like a one-two punch. Not only are they getting punched in the mouth from uh, the stock market going down, they're getting punched in the gut when the bond market goes down. So in this article, they state that you should have two to five years worth of expenses in fixed income. And I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to say fixed investments, you know, things that are traditionally principally protected not to go down. Um, those could be things like uh, FDIC insured bank CDs. They could be money market accounts. They could be um, things like a fixed or an index annuity. There are different examples of products that are out there that are fixed, and these are investments that are protected against market decline. By having that, what is gonna do is it's gonna put you in a position that you don't have to sell in a down market. It's really, again, it's a big part of the core philosophy behind our trademark system called the independent income system, which is to create those buckets of money that are designed to protect you. So if you feel like you're in the traditional 60-40 approach, uh, this, the independent income system, can be a new way to look at your money. In fact, those of you that are listening, if you're in like a target date account, uh, that would be uh, a type of portfolio that you know has some of the 60, 40, 80, 20 uh, type portfolio mix that's out there. There can be some other ways to take a look at it. That way you don't have all of your money at risk. The other thing that I liked is, you know, in the past I served in the Marine Corps. Uh, so in the Marine Corps, they always taught you to have a plan B in place. For quite a few years, Jeremy, the stock market was doing great. You know, the market was up a lot and it would always be okay. I think in many situations for a retiree where they could sell off some of their profits while the market is higher to get their monthly income needs. In fact, a retiree might even have the opportunity to sell off profits and put more money aside in another year or two to build up that uh, protected or safe you know, income that they need if and when the market turns down. And the plan B is great because now in environments like this where equities are down, what the investor can do is they can switch over and they can then start to take income off of those investments that were not subject to market declines. Again, there's pros and cons to anything that you do. So whether you're in a bank CD or an annuity, you have to pay attention to things like, you know, surrender charges and liquidity and become familiar with how your products work. Uh, but I think that's where somebody that's, uh, you know, specializes and focuses on retirement planning can help you maybe take a look at a, at a different approach. What are your thoughts, Jeremy? I think uh, the 60-40 approach, I, I like to use rules of thumb as kind of a guide. Um, there's another rule of thumb that says your age should be in fixed income. Um, I also, you know, when you look at target date funds, it's kind of a set it and forget it type program which I'm not, not necessarily a fan of. Um, a lot of these are, you know, I would even equate index funds to be like that. So an index fund, if my thoughts would be, if I know that if I have a bucket of stocks, say 500, if we take took a look at the S&P 500, and I knew some of those were not good companies, they're not good buys, they're not something that I want to own, why would I own all 500 when I could, you know, take a look at something that through some proper research, if why would I buy all the dogs or the bad stocks just to be diversified or, or 
subscribing to a rule of thumb or a set it and forget it type portfolio. I do like what this article points out as having two to five years in fixed assets, and I, I do agree that that, uh, that does look at a bunch of different asset classes, not only bonds, but also CDs. You know, we talk about government I-bonds uh, recently. So my thoughts on the 60-40 are, it's again, a rule of thumb, and as you get closer to retirement, you probably want to have a little bit more in the, I guess, in the bond bucket or the safe and protected bucket. But as Chris mentioned earlier, there is no cookie cutter approach. Each, each individual situation is different. And I would encourage anyone listening to, you know, talk to somebody about uh, your own specific situation to see if the 60-40 is the right mix for you. It's not to say that if you have that 60-40 mindset or if you're in a target date fund, you're doing it wrong. It's just kind of been the conventional wisdom. And obviously that's better than nothing when it comes to retirement planning. You're still saving money away. But as uh, bonds have really taken a beating this year, the flaw of you know that 60-40 portfolio, the flaws of the target date fund are really kind of showing themselves. And there could potentially be a better way for you as you get closer and closer to retirement to see what those options are. Again, America's Retirement Headquarters is here for you. All you have to do is go to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com, or give a call, 419-794-3030. I'll be happy to uh, schedule you in, start developing that retirement strategy to get you to, through, and beyond retirement, 419-794-3030. Now, I think a lot of people out there have a date in mind where they would like to retire, but uh, as we know, sometimes that is not really the way that things go, and, and sometimes we're forced to work longer, sometimes we're forced to uh, face retirement a little earlier. It's actually expected that a recession will also bring plenty of layoffs. So what if somebody close to retirement actually loses their job? They're put into retirement a little early. What are their options when it comes to their former workplace 401k? Is that something you can help them with in taking the next step to secure their retirement future? It really is, you know, and I think it's something that people should be thinking about, even if they have a good job. I, you know, have seen great companies here locally that have made a decision to go in a different direction and people all of a sudden we're thinking, well, I'm going to work for a couple more years and then retire. Um, that's why it's very important, you know, again, to evaluate what your investment allocation is today. Um, when we build out the independent income system, when we put the pieces together of looking at, you know, when the future is going to get here, where we're going to draw income from, one of the questions that comes up is, okay, well, what could happen next? And there's probably two big reasons that people need to tap their retirement accounts a little bit sooner than expected on their original plan. One is an unexpected healthcare crisis, kind of forces you into retirement time early. But the second one is an unexpected job loss could also create an unexpected crisis. So again, just like protecting your house if it catches on fire, you should be running the fire safety drill ahead of time. When you're looking at your 401k, there's gonna be a couple of different options. First and foremost, uh, you could cash out your account you know, this option can be appealing for somebody who's, you know, looking to secure and is needing money, um, but it, it can really come at a price. If you don't pay attention to the careful ages and dates, you know, if you withdraw your savings account in a traditional retirement account, you know, normally before the ages of 59 and a half, it could trigger a 10% additional penalty. Um, for those people who have a 401k, you may be able to have more access to your money uh, after the age 55. I can think of a gentleman that recently came into the office, that exact scenario where he had lost his job, probably going to get a new job, but wasn't going to rush out into anything, didn't really like the options that were available inside of his self-directed IRA. And so what he decided to do is take some of the money, move it to an IRA, so he had more freedom and flexibility on what investment choices that he had. But then he left some of the money back in his 401k because he was after the age 55. And by checking into his 401k's plan provisions, you know, we were able to find out that, yes, he could do a partial withdrawal and then at some point in the future take money out. The next thing is, is, you know, keep your savings intact until you decide what to do next. Um, if you get another job, you can move it to your new employer 401k plan. Uh, there can be some advantages to doing that based upon the features and benefits of the new 401k plan. Um, it may take you some time to figure it out. 
If your account value is less than $5,000, uh, it may be shut down, though, after a few months, and your employer will send you a check. So, again, you want to look at what your options are with your 401k if your balance is below 5000 if they're going to allow you to keep it open. Oh, we're, again, in the third option, we talked about rolling your savings into a, a savings account in a traditional IRA. Gives you a lot more choices and, and freedom and flexibility. Any thoughts when somebody's uh, looking to, you know, what to do with their 401k if they lose your job? I think the, probably the most important thing is knowing your options and knowing it uh, when it comes in relation to your employer. I know recently we've come across a company that's been bought out, so that company is changing hands, so there are some different options available. Same type of things within the, you know, do I leave it, do I roll it? Do I cash it out, keeping in mind the tax consequences and age restrictions? And, um, you know, some different different companies have different uh, retirement plans available. I know the ProMedica plan just had the sort of cash balance option for the people available. I know we've helped a number of people look at their options inside of there. So, number one, knowing your options, and number two, seeing if we can help. Again, it's not something that we, we hope happens to anybody out there, but as we saw a little bit in 2020, and I think we may be seeing uh, coming up in the near future, I think people are going to be uh, have retirement, maybe thrust on them a little earlier. And so to continue that fire safety analogy, think of this kind of like, think of having a plan in place, kind of like having a fire extinguisher. You hope that it's something that you never have to use, but if the time comes, you're going to be really grateful that you have it. America's Retirement Headquarters, they can help you put that plan in place. They can help run that fire safety drill. All you need to do, get started. Give a call, 419-794-3030, or go online to americasretirementheadquarters.com. Guys, if we're not already in a recession, and there's been some debate on whether that is the case, a lot of people sense one is coming soon. So how exactly do you go about recession-proofing your retirement savings? Annuity advocate Cheryl Moore of Wincontel.com says you can put a portion of your nest egg into an annuity, and that provides a stream of guaranteed income. If you've put your money into an annuity, you're going to get your money back when you're ready to retire, regardless of what happens with the recession. Now, one thing that might change is your spending power, but there are great annuities that have features in them where you can have increasing income payments, where maybe my paycheck this year is 4% of my annuity's value, but next year maybe it goes up to 6% of my annuity's value. And after that, maybe 8%. So, guys, let's take a deeper dive into this. Is this a strategy that you like? And what actually happens to annuities when the market crashes? I think it's a great topic for people to become educated about because I think it's a big area that people uh, don't have a lot of education about. In fact, some people don't understand how their products work. And so you really need to understand before you invest into any financial vehicle what the pros and cons are. To me, there's no real Swiss Army knife approach of when it comes to investing, meaning that there's no one product that's right for everybody's situation. You know, when, when I was in the military and I went out, I was an electrician, I would go out to a site and, you know, to repair some things. I had the standard tools that I took with me. You know, there's standard tools that people should use, like stocks and bonds. But, you know, sometimes there's uh, other specialty products that you pull into the equation and you can use. And that's where I say looking at all the different financial products that are out there and understanding, you know, what type of specialty product it is, where do you use it, uh, makes a lot of sense. A lot of times you think about it, um, somebody, if you look at a screw, could I take a hammer? It could, but is that the most efficient tool? Financial products are kind of the same way. So when you look at annuities, I think the first thing that an investor needs to do is you need to break down whether the annuity is called an immediate or a deferred annuity. An immediate annuity is where somebody uh, is going to begin taking income right away. Uh, that income could be paid as a series of payments over their lifetime. Uh, it could be paid for a uh, set period of time, say five years. One of the things that, Jeremy, you do as a Social Security claiming strategist is help people, say, bridge the gap. You know, so if they're going to retire, let's say at 65, and if you look at Social Security optimization in their situation, it may make sense to not take income from Social Security until 70. And so this is an example where something like an immediate annuity could help bridge that gap and get them to, you know, maximum potential Social Security benefits. The other option that you have is what is called a deferred annuity. So a deferred annuity doesn't mean that you 
always can take money from them. Most annuities have some type of withdrawal provisions. Uh, the common approach is, you know, in the industry after the first year, you could take out 10% per year uh, without paying surrender charges. Again, everyone's a little bit different, so you need to understand your contract. But a deferred annuity means you're really deferring it to later in life. And that could be uh, other things that come up later in life when you reach the age of 72 and you have required minimum distributions or some type of uh, maturity date with the annuity if it's 30 years out. The next is that you would have uh, what is called a fixed annuity. Now, this is an area, Jeremy, that I think a lot of people haven't paid careful attention to because a lot of the annuities are tied to these interest rates that we're talking about. So we, you know, we think about inflation and we think about the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. And, you know, a lot of times our mind goes to the negative of that. But oftentimes there's a lot of positives that can come out of rising interest rates. And in fact, uh, whether it's a money market account, a bank CD or a fixed annuity rate, a lot of those rates have gotten much more attractive. Uh, we're looking at money market rates now that are, you know, in the upper twos or 3% range where, you know, a year ago, we didn't see that at all. Some of the annuity rates that are out there, if you want a fixed rate of return, uh, you know, it could be that three and a half or four and a half or, you know, even approaching the 5%, again, depending upon your time frame and what the terms are of that contract. And then the third category is uh, what is called an indexed annuity. Uh, what an index annuity allows you to participate uh, when an underlying index goes up, uh, usually to some type of cap or or percentage of it. But w when you look at the different annuities, Jeremy, what do you think about the difference and how you know annuities can be part of an overall planning approach for somebody you know who's looking for a little bit more uh, safety? Uh, what I what I generally like about annuities is, and we we're not often allowed to use this word, is the word guaranteed. Um, the annuities that we generally use are guaranteed against loss. Uh, that that the the risk of loss goes on to the insurance company. So, as we you know, right now is essentially the beginning of the month, and there are some folks where I prepare monthly statements for. And when I go on, you know, and I look at their accounts, I know for a fact that that annuity number is not going to go below where it was a year ago or six months ago, and. Generally, they can only go up, never go down. Um, I look at that, and then the participation rates and cap rates. You know, it, there does offer some ability of the account values to go up, but most importantly, especially in today's market, that that number can never go down, and that's that's a key. Uh, having that safe and guaranteed bucket that is guaranteed by a specific product. So that's what I really love about uh, fixed index annuities. Yeah, I think the word there, if you sum it up, is protection, right? So when you're looking at a fixed or a fixed index annuity, they're investments that are protected against market declines because the investment's not technically in the market. So that's how you know somebody can be in one of those type of accounts with a fixed, you know what the rate of return is gonna be for the set period of time that you took it out. With an index, you know that you have the ability to participate when the markets go up, uh, but are protected against loss. You know, the, the guarantee is they talk about the guarantee is only as good as the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. So you want to look at what type of an insurance company you're working with, try to work with A-rated companies, know what, you know, the backing of that is, know what the financial health, what the history is. A lot of that is good, helpful information. I guess, it, you know, for me, like a numbers nerd, things that we're looking into when we're looking at the different choices and you know, what might be a good offer this month from one company can change from month to month as they compete against each other. And then the, the third category that's out there is what I would refer to as variable annuities. So oftentimes when I'm doing the shows or presentations or meeting with people, uh, some people will say, well, I, I don't like annuities. I've heard they're expensive. And when you're thinking about they're expensive, they're oftentimes what I think about variable annuities. So if you're looking at how to protect your money when the market crashes, a variable annuity may not necessarily be the vehicle that accomplishes the most effective method of what you want to get done. It's kind of like, again, taking that screw and banging it into the wall with a hammer. Uh, can it get the job done? Yes. Is it the most efficient manner? So let's break that down. The first word is variable. 
Variable means it's invested in what is called a sub-account. And a sub-account can be uh, things that have equity or bond or fixed income exposure. And because of that, usually what you see is the underlying value can go up and down within a variable annuity. So if somebody is looking at their statement and they're not feeling good about it because the market's going down, a variable annuity oftentimes can still go down like the market goes down, depend upon how it's invested in the sub-accounts. The annuity part uh, is going back to means it provides something, right? So it can provide some type of guarantee. Variable annuities usually come with like a death benefit guarantee or in the example as we opened up an income type guarantee. So an income guarantee will say, if you turn income and you meet this contract agreement, this is what the type of income that this account could provide for the rest of your lifetime. Uh, that could be level income or it could be indexed income where it increases based upon different factors. Uh, you can do single life, you can do joint life. And I would say, you know, I agree that I think most people wanna lay their head on their pillow at night. And I think for a retiree, outliving their income is a big concern and, mm -hmm. and I get that. But when you factor up what the costs are of a traditional variable annuity, by the time you add in things like mortality expense ratio, admin fees, sub-account fees, rider cost, uh, those products tend to be uh, very expensive, my opinion, and those products are the ones that most people really don't understand and how they work. What's kind of been your experience, um, Jeremy, ultimately when you know dealing with variable annuities? And, and I, I go back to that. I would say there's not one product that's right or wrong for everybody. In fact, you know, in certain situations, I think there are reasons to have variable annuities. I'll give you one as an example. Uh, I have a client. He wanted to invest money into the market. Um, and he just, you know, he couldn't sleep at night knowing that if something ever happened to him, uh, his wife was not taken care of in the event that he passed away. So here's an example where if you put, say, $400,000 directly into the stock market and the stock market goes down to 200000 if he passes away, you know, his wife is she's the named beneficiary would get whatever the value of that stock market account is that could be the 200,000 in this example right within the variable annuity oftentimes it comes with some type of standard death benefit now usually the standard death benefit is the amount of money that you put into it so again in this same example of the husband puts 400,000 the economy and the markets crash. He goes out to the mailbox, opens up his statement. It's worth 200000 drops dead of a heart attack on the front lawn. What that annuity death benefit would do is that would bring his wife back up to whole. And in addition to that, uh, some of the ways that they can be structured is to provide income, which, again, can be either single or joint life income. And so it can be a way if you're looking to ensure some of the outcomes can be solutions to take a look at it. Again, everybody's situation is different. What do you think? I think uh, probably the biggest advantage of an annuity is that it provides protection it's money you can't outlive. I hate to say protection against longevity because that makes it sound, I know Chris has corrected me sort of in the past before about that, using that term. But annuities do have the death benefit. Um, they also have that income you can't outlive. It's, you know, I would look at life insurance be, would be protection against passing away too soon and annuities would be protection against living too long. Although living too long is definitely not a negative. Yeah, it's longevity insurance, and I think that's a good point. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, what if I die? This is helping answer the question of what if I live. So you may, if you're listening, you may have an annuity. And if you're just scratching your head and you're saying, you know, annuities are a confusing topic, I don't know how they work, the ins and outs of them. You know, this is something that, you know, together here, the Baker Boys have more than 50 <laughs> years of combined experience taking a look at annuity products. The first thing is, is going back to education, knowing what you have, knowing the good and the bad and determining, is this the right vehicle to get you to move forward and know what's different about today? We'd be happy to take a look at your annuity and give you our feedback uh, to give you better understanding of you know what vehicle you're driving today. Is it the right tool that you want for the task at hand? Again, uh, a toolbox should have multiple tools in there. You should be wary of anything that is going to be a uh, 
Uh, Nolan, I don't know if you ever were out in the field and you just had to deal with a Swiss Army knife where, you know, it, it has all the, the things on there and it can do them okay, but really having more specialized tools is really what it's all about to make sure that your retirement is ideal as possible. So not all annuities are created equal. They're not necessarily right for everybody, but it could be a valuable part of your retirement strategy and to see what could work best for you because at the end of the day, that's what you want is obviously what's going to be best for you. Give a call, schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. See if an annuity could be a valuable part of your retirement strategy. 419-794-3030 or go online, americasretirementheadquarters.com. Now here on the show, here on America's Retirement Headquarters, we talk so often about seeing opportunities in times of uh, you know financial uncertainty and, and even when things are going well, here we are at the end of the year. And let's talk about this. Say somebody has a traditional IRA funded with pre-tax dollars and they're looking at converting it to an after-tax Roth IRA. Is right now, you know, here in October, a good time to do so? What kind of factors do you consider before recommending a Roth conversion to people? I think it's a great time really to take a look at a Roth. I think every year people should be looking at Roths. But, you know, when we look at it and we're thinking about the millionaire mindset, keeping the government away from your money is one of the best things that a family can do. And, you know, if you look at the out-of-control spending that's going on right now and look at the out-of-control spending that's going on, if we look at the U.S. debt clock, our national debt is quickly approaching $32 trillion. And if we take a look at that, you know, how is the government going to raise money ultimately to pay for that? It is really going to come in the form of taxes. So if you took that national debt and you can divide that number between every uh, man, woman, and child, that's $92,831, as we're doing today's show, for every man, woman, and child to pay off our U.S. national debt. Now, Jeremy, as you know, children don't traditionally have to pay taxes, right? So not everybody who's an adult actually pays taxes. And so if you looked at it and we just split up that debt between taxpayers, that bill is now $245,822. So looking at it, that's a substantial debt for the U.S. taxpayers just to uncover that. Now, in addition to that, we have all of these unfunded liabilities. So if you've been listening to the show, you know the fact that Social Security's gone broke, Medicare's gone broke, you've got the prescription drug program, you've got one after another of financial problems that are happening. They asked this famous bank robber, Willie Sutton, why they rob banks. Jeremy, do you remember why? That's where the money is. That's where the money is. And so if we think about it, a traditional retirement account is usually the biggest or second biggest asset that somebody owns. That's where the money is at, folks. The conventional wisdom that the government or other people have taught you for the past lifetime is to save and invest in a tax-deferred investment vehicle because when you get to retirement time, your taxes will be lower. Look, we've both done this for over 25 years, and for somebody who works with folks every single day that are transitioning into retirement time, our clients who are successful investors are not sitting on the porch watching life go by. You know, they're getting in their car, they're going to see their grandkids, they're taking them to different events, they're doing that river cruise that they've always wanted to do. They're out there enjoying life. And if you've been a successful saver and you're looking forward to the days where you wanna enjoy your life, again, a Roth conversion can be one of the best things to take a look at for some of your long-term money. Again, it can be a way to help keep the government away from your money. Now, Jeremy, when we look at it, Again, a Roth is not one of those, it's right for everybody in everybody's situation. But if we look at it, a pre-tax traditional IRA, what that says is that you're gonna save some money on taxes when you make the contributions based upon you know your income and tax brackets. In turn, that money grows tax deferred, and then you pay money in taxes when you take the money out. And right now, at the age of 72, they have something called a required minimum distribution where they force you to start taking taxes out. A lot of people uh, you know, don't pay until they get to 72, and they look at you know, just required minimum distributions. To me, it's like going home and uh, seeing a little bit of a link underneath my sink and a little bit of water's coming out. And I just look underneath the sink, I see a little bit of a link, and I just uh, close the kitchen doors, and I hope that problem goes away. Well, we know that that problem doesn't go away. The problem gets worse. 
But when we're looking at some of the reasons why it doesn't make sense, Jeremy, do you have any examples of thoughts on, you know, maybe why a Roth is not the right approach? A couple factors. Uh, I would take a look at health care, health care costs. Um, surprisingly enough, health care costs has nothing to do with your health. It has everything to do with your income. So when you do do a Roth conversion, you that money you convert does count as income. So it's going to go on your tax return as reportable income. So if you're kind of looking to save a little bit of money on health care, it would not make sense to do a Roth conversion. The other area would be if you're in a high income tax bracket now because, yes, you're deferring taxes. However, like I mentioned, if you take the money out, you're going to be taxed as income right now. So if you're in the, say, 25% tax bracket, it might not make sense to convert a substantial amount of money and pay that higher tax bracket if it bumps you up into, say, the 30% bracket. So those those are a couple of things that you should be aware of before you make it before you do a Roth conversion and take a look at how much really makes sense. You bring up a great point, whether it's affordable health care or Medicare, the conversions that you do on a traditional retirement account are going to be counted against what your health care cost is. So it's absolutely one of those areas that you don't want to get a big surprise from because when you go file your tax returns the next year, it can be a big surprise. Now, in addition to that, before you make any financial decision, I'd always encourage you to sit down and run the numbers with your CPA or accountant. Uh, we, I know, work with a lot of CPAs and accountants and, you know, getting everybody all on the same side of the table together to figure out what makes the best decision, you know, when you have multiple people and professionals looking at it. But uh, by no means are we a tax professional, so always seek advice from your CPA. The next thing I'd say is uh, timeframes, right? So the longer term that you have the Roth money set aside, the more power of tax-free growth gives it the best bang for its buck. Uh, so for some of your longer term holdings, that can make sense. One of the next things that you brought up, Jeremy, is you talked about taxes and where you're at in your tax bracket. It's been my experience that, you know, many folks, what they do is they do tax filing, meaning that once a year they get together with their tax professional, they sit down during the busy season, they turn in all of the paperwork, they file the tax returns. Very few people actually take like now being the end of the year to look at how does this year look and what can I do this year to try to minimize the taxes for next year, this year and in the future. You know, our tax savers checklist is one of the areas that we walk people through when we're looking at tax savings ideas. And a Roth conversion is an area to take a look at. As you point out, as you bump into the next bracket, it may not make sense. I had a client, she was recently in, and Donna came in to talk about a Roth conversion because we've been talking about it here on the radio for a while. What we did is we got her accountant on the phone. We looked at her last year's tax return. We looked at where her expected income is going to be this year. And what we found is we found there was about a $15,000 window that would allow her to stay in her same tax bracket yet convert some of the money over into the Roth IRA and pay the taxes now. So in that scenario, by looking at it from a tax perspective, it allows us to systematically shift it over. We have the software here where we can work with your CPA. Uh, we can work with your accountant. Maybe you're a TurboTax do-it-yourself. We're happy to talk to you. If we need to pull in somebody, we can help recommend a CPA or accountant. But getting a tax roadmap is one of those things that it is the 1231 is the deadline. So it's an area that is coming up on the list that you need to check off before the end of the year gets here. And then the final thing I think about is when you're looking at doing a Roth conversion, it's which investments to convert. It's another opportunity to where you can convert specific assets. In other words, if I own Apple stock in my traditional IRA, and Apple stock is down, let's just say 20% this year, I can convert that into my Roth IRA. And then when, I didn't say if, I said when Apple comes back, I can get that uh, growth in my Roth IRA and defer taxes and essentially never pay taxes on it again. So you take a look at those different opportunities where there might be some, some depressed holdings that you have that you can convert over. The other thing I'll mention, too, I just met with my godmother, who happens to be a CPA. 
nothing against her. I love her. She's my godmother. But most most CPAs aren't are looking. What in other words, they're trying to save you money today. Let's pay the least amount of taxes today. Where we look at through pop, proper planning, taking a look at that that strategy to to not only look at today but also tomorrow and in the future. So having that uh, tax roadmap done and that strategy to convert some of those monies will save you a lot more money in the long run. Yeah, so again, when you're looking at it, you know, we're not saying that that one particular stock is the best one uh, or not. Uh, Again, you want to look at your own personal situation. But, you know, what has happened is this year the market has really beaten up a lot of stocks. So there's a lot of good opportunities when you look at it of companies that their price is substantially lower. You know, if the stock price is down like the market 20, 30, 40 percent this year, and you have a lot of belief in that that company is going to be here for the long run. The question becomes, does it make sense? Would you rather pay taxes now while the price is down 20, 30, 40 percent, knowing that if and when it comes back, if you follow the rules of how a Roth IRA are set up with, you know, being over 59 and a half, having it open for more than five years before you access the profit. If you believe in the long term of those stocks, why would you not want to pay taxes right now with some of that money, with some of your favorites that have long term growth potential in moving it over to a Roth IRA? It's an absolute great idea. And it's an idea that if you haven't taken a look at, We'd love to sit and have a conversation with you. Uh, when we look at your holdings, we can tell you some of the ones that are our favorites. We can look at yours and tell you which ones we think you know could be a good option for you. But uh, make sure, again, the deadline's coming up. And uh, as you know, time flies fast. So we'd love to uh, sit down and, and get a tax roadmap for you and put the analysis together. Again, especially as we come up on the end of the year, the hustle and the bustle of the holidays, things may get lost in the shuffle. It's a good time as we approach the end of the year where you already have a a pretty decent idea of what your income is going to look like for the rest of the year to maybe do these Roth conversions without pushing yourself into a higher income bracket, you know, and then end up having to pay more in taxes. That would be a a cutting off your nose to spite your face situation. You want to avoid that. Uh, And again, to see what's going to be right for you, if it's going to be right for you, uh, you know, uh, both Nolan and Jeremy pointed out their situations there where doing a Roth conversion may not be the right move, but to see what could work for you and Make sure you get to keep as much of your money as possible when it comes to taxes. Give a call. Schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters. 419-794-3030. 419-794-3030. Or go online to the website, americasretirementheadquarters.com. As always, really do appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Please take care of one another out there. Have a great week. And as we wrap up, gentlemen, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, great quote for the week. It's retirement is wonderful. It's doing nothing without worrying about getting caught at it. So enjoy your week, everybody. Uh, Have a great weekend. And we'll be back right here on Toledo's largest talk station, 1370 WSPD. We're home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.